This is the Big Brand Theory Podcast by Blackwood Creative with your host, Ryan Zerfus. And now, here's Ryan. Hey, hey, guys, and welcome back to the Big Brand Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Zerfus, VP of Customer Success at Blackwood Creative a marketing and advertising agency right here in Mishawaka, Indiana. It's a little cloudy today, so it's not as pretty, but you know what? It's still a great place to live. But regardless, I'm so excited. Again, today we have a wonderful guest joining us on the show uh, to talk about a, a really fun topic, uh, video marketing. So we're going we're gonna to dive into the world of video and, and how to incorporate that into your marketing at your company. And so today we have Zachary Nelson from, well, officially the South Bend Public Transportation Corporation, but we know it as Transpo. So Zach, welcome to the show today. Hey, how's it going? Great to be here. Yeah. So it is, it's, it's, great to sit down with you. I've been looking forward just to meeting you and um, hearing what you have to say. Um, and so Zach's been in the, the marketing and creative world for a long time. Um, he's He's been in videography and photography for, for a long time as well. And, and we'll get into that a little bit. But Zach, I, there's something in your life that is definitely very interesting to me that's not so much... Uh, creative related as it is just life. Uh, I, I have admired from afar that you are foster parents with your wife. And so wanted to just ask a little bit about that, just because I'm curious of how did you initially get into that? And how has that been for you guys? And, and just what's the, the foster parent life been like? Sure, absolutely. Uh, so we got into it, um, like most people do very accidentally over this long period of wait, what? We can do that? We're qualified for that? Uh, it turns out nobody ever is qualified to be a parent in any context or for any reason. So we became foster parents um, over this long period of discussion. We met other people who had done it. Mm-hmm. My wife has um, sort of had a passion for that for much longer than I have, but I've always been interested in adoption. And right. um, something that's true of her family and mine is our families are uh, just a little bit outside of the blueprint of regular, mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say. I think maybe a lot of people can relate to that. But what we discovered growing up was uh, there are all of kinds of different ways to find out what a family could be. You know, maybe mm-hmm. you're living with an uncle for a little bit. Maybe you're living with a stranger. Maybe you adopt. Maybe you whatever. Um, there are all these different ways that you can find family uh, or that type of family type friendship. Yeah. So we, uh, I actually got to give a shout out to um, a friend of mine, Tyler Grant. Um, he was one of the first people who really told me pretty much anybody can do this. Um, mm-hmm. I was a college student at the time and he was sharing about their, um, story as foster parents. And I realized, oh, that's actually, uh, Anna might be right. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we can sort of figure that out. So for about a year and a half, we've been doing it. That's the, one of the ways we invest in our community and sort of, um, one of the ways we build family and, uh, mm-hmm. wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah. It's, but I, I can tell you the, the stories vary from, uh, very funny to involving um, far too much pee on the couch <laughs> for my yeah. comfort. But uh, well, luckily, I think most parents could probably relate to that so. statement. I so. think so. Uh, <laughs> Foster parent or biological or whatever the situation is. It's just no matter what kind of parent you are, it's just bodily fluids <laughs> most of the time. You just have to get used to it. Yeah. So uh, what? What? It, I, how many kids have you fostered? Up- to this point uh we've had five kids um stay with us in different capacities um for different periods of time uh we love all of them love the time we've gotten to have with all of them mm-hmm. uh 
right now we have um, one son staying with us. Um, he's great. He's a blast. And uh, I'll tell you, though, this whole period, I really thought, you know, this version of becoming a parent was really going to force me to grow up in a lot of different <laughs> ways, which I did think. Uh, I do think that's happened a little bit. But I have spent more time just like playing with Legos and skateboarding. <laughs> uh, I feel like, and maybe this is a little pandemic related too, having all this time at home just with an 11 year old all the time has made me realize, I think I just want to go to the park and run around for three hours. <laughs> maybe like, maybe this is for me. Maybe I'm the 12 year old here. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, it's been a ton of fun. It's brought out my inner kid in a lot of ways. Lots yeah. of Legos, lots of uh, uh, drawing and I mean, again, I think that's most of being a parent, but it just happens so fast when it's, mm-hmm. hey, here's an 11-year-old. They need a place. So like, okay, yeah. well, what yeah. do you like? You want to play soccer? Sure. All right, great. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, I love that you brought up Legos because, I mean, who doesn't, one, who doesn't love Legos? Absolutely. And then, two, it reminds me of my childhood because I, I remember growing up, and this is way off topic, but Legos, uh, I remember growing up with this, we just had a giant suitcase of just a mass of Legos just thrown in there. No rhyme or reason, just pieces from all these, you know, back then there wasn't as many of like those sets. And, you know, now you buy almost everything in like a themed set. Back then it was just like a house, a car or the figure, you know, all the pieces. And so anyways, we had this giant suitcase of these Legos and they're still in our family somewhere. I need to get my finger on that because it's, it's sizable how many Legos we have in that suitcase. I actually uh, texted all of my siblings and my mom recently. I texted my mom and I said, do you still have the box? Which is almost <laughs> like capitalized with a trademark at the end. It's our box of Legos. It's huge. It has literally, uh, there's a... I suppose almost 20 year span from the oldest mm-hmm. to the youngest in my family. So we've got, you know, 20 to 30 years worth of Legos in this box. It's like literally 1995 to now. And I texted my mom and I said, Hey, do you still have that in the basement? And she said, yep. And this was the beginning of the pandemic. I said, could you just like Clorox wipe that and leave it on the porch? <laughs> and can I come pick it up? And I texted all my siblings and I said, I'm taking the box, deal with it. It's at my house. Now, if you want to play with Legos, you got to come to my house. And wow, it's so wild. You're right that some of the sets are, all these newer ones are like, um, you know, themed. You've got Star Wars. And then mm-hmm. I'm finding all of my old ones that are just Egypt. Yeah. There's colors. You know, It's the, just <laughs> a car. Yeah, yeah. And that was it. That was all I needed. And so, yeah, yeah. But it's been, yeah, it, Legos are, <laughs> we got to find some way to play with toys and enjoy ourselves, you know, stuck inside all day. So. Yeah, no, totally. Well, that's awesome. I think it's it's very admirable and inspirational even to hear you talk about being a foster parent. It's something I wanted to ask you about because, you know, it's something that, my wife and I have thought about at times and, and, you know, I think it's, it's a great thing to do. It's a, like you said, it's a great way to be a family. So, and um, if I can, if I can plug it for a second, I think something everyone should consider about it is I think if that, uh, this, here's my, here's my marketing pitch for foster parenting. Okay. I promise I'm not endorsed by the DCS. (laughs) Every, I think any family, if there were a six year old who sort of showed up on your doorstep and they said, uh, Hey, I just need like one night, to stay somewhere and I need some food. Mm-hmm. Any family would would do that in a heartbeat. And it turns out there are hundreds, if not thousands of kids like tonight who need that. And the only reason they're not knocking on your door is because you have to get licensed first. Mm-hmm. But once you get licensed, you find out there are just hundreds, if not thousands of kids at any moment who could use that bed that you probably have space for. Uh, and you would if they were there. They just can't be there yet because you haven't mm-hmm. sort of opened your door mm-hmm. in that way. So that's my pitch. Again, <laughs> not a paid ad by the DCS. Yeah. <laughs> I just recommend thinking about it if you've yeah. ever thought, yeah, you know, that's something we could do. But 
Yeah, no, I love it. That's great. Um, so now we're, we're going to jump into this conversation about video marketing. Um, you know, we really want to land with, with sort of understanding more from a business and company standpoint of, of what's the, the significance and importance of video and, and video marketing in my company. And then how do I start implementing it? Or maybe I'm implementing it. It's not going very well. How do I up my game? So I, I think that's where we'll land, but I wanted to start with, um, sort of your road into this whole, this whole industry really of videography. I mean, you're a creative at large, but, um, videography specifically, what's sort of been your path as far as, as that whole thing goes? Absolutely. So I'm going to reveal my age here because (laughs) I really, really cut my teeth on video starting with YouTube. Mm -hmm. I mean, what happened is my brothers and I would make these videos, we'd burn them to DVDs and give them to our friends. And that was our distribution. We'd have these little like, uh, premieres where we'd get around the TV and we'd watch the brand new video at, you know, um, in a room just with this, you know, tiny box TV. And then when YouTube came out, we realized, oh gosh, this is a way we can email them to our friends instead of burning DVDs. Yeah. Um, and I got involved in that whole world and just for fun for, uh, pretty much all of high school was creating videos on YouTube and enjoying this very, this new outlet. I mean, it was a new way to sort of talk about yourself to an online audience, which I'd never considered was something I could get a job in. But then as I started to go through high school and get, you know, later in my high school years, people started paying me to make their videos. I got involved in it professionally. And then lo and behold, for the last, I mean, 10 years now, in some fashion, I've been getting paid somehow to do some type of video. Mm-hmm. And it started with, okay, I'm going to do everything. You know, I'm 15 and this church just needs somebody to shoot this event. So I'm going to, I'm in a person who's shown up with a camera. I'm editing. I'm doing the whole thing mm-hmm. all the way through to working on larger shoots and directing and figuring out turns out I'm not actually the best person at editing. Mm-hmm. Let me work with an editor. It turns out there are people who are way better than me at recording sound. Let's sort of get a team together. Um, and that has been my, what, but what, where it started for me was always this fun, new, exciting way that I could express myself that was much more energetic mm-hmm. and much more compact and so easy. Again, with YouTube, I just remember sort of the internet for me unlocking this world of people I could connect with and discovering that, Um, You know, for the longest time that's been public speaking or publishing or writing and video for me was a way that I could be much less intelligent. I didn't have to publish a book. I didn't actually have to convince a newspaper that my thoughts are worth sharing. I could just quickly say something interesting and get it Mm -hmm. out to a ton of people. And so that's that's been, um, you know, the the quick road is I thought it was fun in high school, (laughs) started getting paid for it, realized it was worth investing (laughs) in. And I've done it in a lot of different ways, whether it's behind the camera, all the way up to sort of directing a team but have always enjoyed how much you can get done in 30 seconds with a video as opposed to all the effort it takes to, again, you're doing the, I was always doing all this work. It would take me hours and hours and hours to create a video, but the person receiving did almost none. Mm -hmm. And in 30 seconds, they could get so much more out of it than if I had tried to communicate it through written word or by trying to get a meeting or whatever those different ways are to talk to people. Yeah, so uh, that's, very compelling. I, I like, I like how you say you sort of like stumbled into it. I think a lot of people could probably relate to that where, you know, they pick something up as a hobby. They figure out, ah, oh, this is really fun. Like I, you know, like you said, in high school, you're a kid, you know, right. middle school, high school, you you do it at the side. It's fun. You're doing it with friends. And then it gets to a point where it's like, wait a second, I could make money doing like money st- comes in the picture. And you're like, I didn't realize people would pay for this. And then all of a sudden you've combined your passion with your, what you do, your career. Absolutely. Um, so I think that's really cool. Cause I think there are, 
there are lots of obviously ways to come into a career, but that's a path that I think a lot of people experience where they had their passion first, they grew in it. And then all of a sudden they realized, Oh, there's a market for, there's an industry that relates around this. So, um, so that's really cool. So tell me a little bit about like, you started to hint at it a little bit, but specifically more from like a, a company standpoint, what would you say just is sort of the importance of, of just using video at all in a company? Why, why video? Why, like, why now? Why video? What's, what's so significant about it? Absolutely. So I think any communicator um, is going to discover very quickly as you're trying to work with pretty much any audience that people are stupid. I mean, I, this is one of the first rules you learn in writing. This is one of the first rules. If, you, if you've ever taken a film class, show, don't tell. Like, there are all of these different principles where you have to spell things out for people. Any actor or theater person or even who's just interested, ever done performing, knows mm -hmm. if I want the audience to know something, I have to be so clear about it. And as communicators, again, what, like you said, once you stumble into doing this professionally, what you discover very quickly is the audience is not going to do a lot of work. They just don't care uh, automatically. They just don't care because they see something from you or from anybody. Mm -hmm. People are, for the most part, living their lives. I, you know, I, I like to think the most of people, but most people are have their own priorities. They're working on their own things. They have their own stuff going on, and they're not going to sit down and spend all of this time and attention and effort to try mm -hmm. and learn something unless they already know it's important. Yeah. And the beauty of video is it, it is going to take a lot of work from you as the communicator. But video is an avenue where you can distill a lot of information and you can, you can spend a lot of time doing that work for the audience and then giving them something that so much more quickly says, here's why you should be interested. Mm -hmm. Here's what this is trying to tell you. And you can communicate information in a way that it's actually received just so much faster for the audience. It's always, in my opinion, almost always going to take you more time to create a video than to just make a social post or to make a couple phone calls or whatever, mm -hmm. whatever your avenue is that you're trying to get something around. But I think there's so much power in being able to spend all this time to distill your message down into something small that one or a couple million people can receive very, very quickly. Right. Yeah. And even as you were talking about, I was just thinking lately I've ran across some posts, some articles, which the irony is that those things are written, but their point was that, uh, more and more, uh, specifically on social channels, video is winning out and more and more the market is shifting towards video. Well, video, but then short video, short Absolutely. form video, like quick, like you were saying, you know, probably 30 seconds or less. Can you get your message across? Is it, is it clear what you're trying to say? And then the result of that as a consumer is it's so easy to digest, right? We, th I think in the marketing world today, the question is always about how easy is this for your target market audience to, to digest is, are you making it so they have to do a lot of work to get that down or are you making it super easy for them to, to consume? Absolutely. I mean, you as a marketer, or as a communicator have spent all this time, money and effort becoming very good at, telling people information about getting it across. I think something we can forget after going to school for four years, after working in a field for a decade, is that almost all of your audience has not spent four years going to school <laughs> and 10 years in a field learning to listen. 
And so all that time you think, well, this information's accurate. Well, this information's correct. Well, it's, you know, I think it's fun. The reality is your audience just expects so much more of you because they are not spending the same amount of time you are thinking about content, thinking about why things are important. So it's all on you to distill and make it simple and then to add some punch and to make it fun. Yeah. Because they they just don't care nearly as much as we do. Yeah. So getting to sort of that messaging messaging piece, where 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 do people start with the messaging? And and why why is messaging so important to the process of making good videos? Yeah. So messaging is absolutely key here. And I'll, I'll, I'll start with sort of the danger of what might happen if somebody listens to this podcast. You could listen to this episode and you can leave and you can go, I should make some videos. Video is important. Video <laughs> does so many good things. All right, I'm going to make a video. Okay, well, but what about? If that's the order you're going in, if you're saying, well, I want to use this new tool, well, what should I use it for? You've gotten the the steps backwards because it, it might not be video. Video has to always, always, always serve a point that you've pre-established. Um, I think you can easily prove this by if you go to YouTube and you type in my first vlog and you sort by recently uploaded, you can see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people of all ages and backgrounds mm -hmm. saying, hey, I'm starting a YouTube channel and I'm going to be vlogging and here's here's what I'm doing. I'm making a video. Okay. And then <laughs> that's it. <laughs> if you search my first vlog or my first podcast or whatever, there are all these people who say, well, I want to, I want to have a YouTube channel, but they never started from a place that says, what do I want to do? Or they say, I want to be famous on TikTok, but they never began with an interesting point of view or something to say. And so I think it's very, very important that people don't just go, well, I should, I should use video. Let me make something up. But rather what you do is you put a podcast episode like this or a message like this in your back pocket and you say let me just keep sort of this idea around this concept that I could use and when it presents itself then let me dive into video mm. and I think that's why you have to be focusing on messaging because if you don't have a good message people don't care if you don't have something to say people don't care the goal is actually for the video to disappear and someone to forget that they're watching a video and just go well, this thing is so compelling to mm -hmm. me. And so the, the best videos I've ever seen are rallying cries of support, for example. I've seen plenty of those recently. Um, Chuck Fry here in South Bend just collaborated with Ryan Blasky, Jesus, and a bunch of other local performers. And they put together this music video saying, hey, South Bend, be encouraged. Mm -hmm. And nobody shared it and said, I like this because it's a video. Thumbs up. Mm -hmm. Great. Right, right. People shared it because they said, I feel supported. I love this message. This is what I needed to hear today. I see so many videos being shared about events. People saying, oh my goodness gracious, you know, this thing is coming out or this event is happening. I'm excited about it. They're not sharing it because they go, it's a video. I like a video. Oh, yay. Yeah. Moving pictures. They're saying what th what this is saying I can get behind. And what they don't realize is it's it's being shared a lot more and it's going a lot farther because it's so much easier to understand and to process and to get excited about. Right. Yeah. And you started to talk a little bit about like the, even the dynamics of video and how it relates to other mediums that we use, not to knock other ways to communicate. I mean, there's so many, like you said, plat you have got to think about what you want to communicate and where that, where is that going to land? What platform? Cause it's not always, or, or what channel or method, it's not always going to be video. There are plenty of great ways to communicate and ways to do it. Um, but one of the things about video is it is, it's so dynamic. Right. And in sort of the creative process and what you can do with it, because, you know, like you, you sort of distill it down to something really simple, moving pictures. But it is it's you know, it's different than a, a still picture. You have a lot of more creative 
sort of freedom and license to figure out like to, to, to do something that's different. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like what, what's the power in sort of the creativity of video comparatively to maybe some of the other marketing channels that people might consider? Sure. Absolutely. Um, I think this is going to have two components. First of all, video is inherently good just because psychologically we know that people don't really want to read. We know that people don't want to spend a lot of time <laughs> on something. So when it's given to you with either moving pictures that are uh, like, even if you're reading, the reading is sort of done for you because it serves you the captions at the time that your brain accepts them. Mm-hmm. Or if you're actually listening or again, if, if it's sort of just moving in a way that's easy to, we, we know that video is good on its own. Yeah. So that's sort of part one of the answer to the question, why is this a valuable marketing channel? Part two is also just because the industry says it is. I mean, again, that industry is mostly going off of psychology and saying, okay, well, not everybody actually has an AR device. So we're not going to push AR experiences as like the best way that everybody should get on board. We're not going to, you know, we, we are going to talk about it because it's a fun thing to do, but we're not going to say every single company should right. be pushing AR experiences. But if you go to... Facebook and Twitter, they're just going to serve you more people. They're just going to they're going to serve that content to more eyeballs if it's a video, and that's mostly because they're recognizing the benefits of video. And so that means that, you know, you as a marketer, you as a communicator have to recognize, you know, if the industry is going to give me free press, take it. Right. It's oh, a yeah. little bit extra work for you, but when you do a visual post, Facebook's going to serve it to more feeds than if you do a text post. Mm-hmm. So Again, part one of why should you use video? Why is it a valuable marketing channel? Is because we know it works. I mean, we know that when video is done well, it just goes farther and people hear the message a little bit more clearly. Mm-hmm. But then it definitely goes farther because the industry cares about it. And I think that's a something people need to remember is, you know, Facebook is like, you know, the place where people get their news, where people interact with their friends, where yeah. people, uh, whether they realize it or not, decide what to buy. So what Facebook says as a marketer communicator, you got to listen to. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good thought. Um, what about what about content when it comes to sort of somewhat akin to messaging? What makes good? And, and I know this might not be a, a one size fits all answer, but what makes good video content? What what kind of things should I be looking to put into a video? So there are a couple different things you can do to really make sure your content is working slash is good inherently. Yeah. Um, but there are also a couple cheap tricks that you can have, okay? So here's the first thing you're going to do to make sure it's working. I'm going to say this over and over again. Just make sure it's saying something important. So if you want it to work, you got to make sure it's saying something important. Yeah. That's how you know it's going to work. But if you want to add a little bit more fun and a little bit more punch, um, something I would start to ask is, what is your audience comfortable with? I think most people don't realize their audiences are comfortable with way more hmm. than they expect. Hmm. And that's because it is always harder to create than it is to consume when you create something you're going to think to yourself i'm pushing a boundary i'm pushing a line i don't like this this is going in a pretty wild direction and you as the person giving the message are always going to feel very odd if anybody ever pitches something weird or quirky it's like (laughs) well let's not go too far outside of the professional box let's not get too weird with this let's not talk about legos on like a professional podcast (laughs) oh (laughs) but the reality is people listening actually are comfortable with so much more right i mean we've all seen the crazy super bowl commercials (laughs) and if you actually think to yourself i mean i just want you to 
take for a moment, think about the wackiest Super Bowl commercial you can think of, like Puppy Monkey Baby or <laughs> any of those like bizarrely defining moments from my childhood of watching the Super Bowl and seeing a guy's, you know, like head fly off of his torso because he ate a Dorito. Mm -hmm. If you imagine yourself pitching that, like in a room full of suits saying, hey, everybody, here's what I want to do. Uh, well, it's like a puppy and a monkey <laughs> and a baby and it's to sell chips. I don't, I don't even remember what the commercial is. Yeah. It's so hard to get people on board with that. And I, and I know because I've been in some of those rooms where you're trying to say, let's, let's, I'm not even going to say push the envelope. Let's just have a little bit of fun. It's hard. It's hard. But if you put yourself in the shoes of you, your audience, making it fun, making it interesting, being a little quirky, be yourself, be authentic. Nobody's going to be mad at you if you had a little fun. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I really think that's true. Again, as long as you're checking all of the other boxes of good business, people only ever get mad at a business when they're making crucial mistakes and not talking about it. So if you as a business are just saying, everything's pretty much in line, we're doing a product launch, we know this is the right time for this, have fun. You don't need to put on a suit and tie and be super metered about this, especially now. You can say, here I am in my home office talking about a new you know, thing happening, and in the background, my kids are playing with Legos. Mm -hmm. People get it. People are on board with that, and you can actually have some fun with that content. So I do want to make sure that it has punch. And then uh, I am going to give you just a, a couple like, you know, quick and dirty tricks that people like. Sure. Specifically with video, if you're working with uh, clients or you're working with people in the community, if you can show them themselves, they're going to love that. Hmm. People love to be highlighted. People love to be included. Of course, you have your Ron Swansons. There are a few exceptions <laughs> yeah. to this who shy away from a camera. I actually remember, this is uh, just a small tidbit. One time I was um, shooting video for SB150 with Kyle, actually, because Kyle and I worked for it together forever ago. Kyle from uh, Blackwood and Zip, who's been on this podcast a couple times. Uh, I was shooting some video downtown for South Bend's 150th birthday. And there was, uh, I'm, I'm running around with a camera, right? I got a press badge, you know, all the credentials, whatever. And this uh, woman says, don't film my kids. Mm -hmm. I don't want any images of them anywhere. And I sort of, lean over and told her i said i absolutely will respect that but you should know we've got drones we've got <laughs> we've got cameras with zoom lenses i'm one of like four video people who was hired to be here they're not even all from the same company like if you step foot on a private property or a public property just so you know there's a lot of video happening yeah um and and all that to say of course there are those people who are who are going to say i don't really want to be included in this but if you check in with people and say hey can we uh, let's say you're a bank and you want to highlight some of your favorite um, customers, some of your longtime clients at that bank. Hey, can we tell a story with you about how you bought your first house through our bank and you've been able to pay that mortgage off? And even though you don't have that mortgage anymore, we were able to help pave your way to financial freedom by finding mm -hmm. you a great loan. There are so many uh, couples who would say, absolutely. Mm -hmm. There are so many people who would say, oh my goodness, yes, please share our story. We want to be involved. And they'll yeah. feel loved and supported and cared for as part of that. Employees, too, love seeing mm -hmm. themselves. Um, so if you want to boost up your organization, if you can make a video saying, hey, you know, here's how this person has been going the extra mile. We just want to thank them. People love that. Um, so And they'll share it. When that goes out online, right, people right. will go, hey, here's me or here's my mom. <laughs> you know, here's my fiance. I love seeing them out at this volunteer project. They're, you know, they're the best or whatever. Yeah. So um, it's just it's a really small tip, but you can use it time and time again. Don't do just your company and just your logo. Find either the people who work for your company or the people who work with your company and showcase them. It's just one of the smallest things to put in your back pocket that can make all of your videos go so much farther. Yeah, no, that's great advice. I, I, I mean, I think we all intuitively know that 
we like recognition. Uh, people like the acknowledgement. They like to be appreciated. So as a, as a customer of a company, yeah, that there's a lot of power in that. So, uh, that's great advice. Um, so let's go to something real basic then. Let's say I'm a company and I'm not really in the, I'm, I'm not really utilizing video at all. Like I'm just not there. I haven't been doing it. Maybe I've been in business for a hundred years. I'm not doing it. Or maybe I've been in business for a year and I'm not doing it. It doesn't matter. I'm not doing it. So what would be sort of your starting, uh, suggestions, I guess, as far as, okay, I want to get into it. What do I do now? What's next? Absolutely. So the first thing I'll say is you have done video. If you think you haven't done video, you're wrong. There are ways in which you participate with the video. If you're listening to a podcast, that means you've used a camera before. And what you might not realize is that video can be so much closer to things you already do hmm. than you'd expect. Uh, if you've had a FaceTime call with somebody, that means you've gotten on camera, you've said, I look presentable enough to be talking sort of face to face with this person. Mm -hmm. Let me share some information with them. I mean, that's the heart of what you're saying. And with uh, tools like Facebook and Instagram Live, those are two outlets where people are totally okay to see, again, you in your home office with the kids in the background playing with Legos. People right. are totally fine to see you talking from that perspective or from that point of view. Yeah. So the first thing I'll say, if, if you're saying, ah, I'm just not good enough for this, uh, you can try this. There are different ways where you can, where you can start. I'll also say, I think there are lots of very, very small ways to use video that are much easier, but go a long way that are not sort of the traditional avenues you'd think about for video. Most people are thinking, how do we go viral? How do we get a lot of people to see this? <laughs> right. Make a video. It's for my company. I need to make sure that it's really high quality. Hmm. The reality is you can use something like Marco Polo as a business tool. Uh, Marco Polo, for anybody who doesn't know, is essentially, it's like a video walkie-talkie. So it's like FaceTime, but you can record the video messages on your own time. Okay. So you sort of, you can record for 10 seconds or for an hour. Um, this is something I use with my family. It's one of the ways we keep up because you can have a big group chat. You can record a video message whenever you want. And it's just a small way to say, hey, here's what's happening over here. It's this thing. Um, but it can be long if you want, and you can have these longer conversations. Uh, I have a coworker who, when we worked together... Uh, we would use Marco Polo to discuss big decisions and big projects and things we were working on. And it was one of the best ways to communicate internally as a company. Hmm. And you can also do that with, I think people don't realize you could do that with clients. If you're talking to a client and you realize they use Marco Polo or they use like Snapchat or Instagram uh, direct video messages, there's no reason, let's say, um, you know, you're Blackwood is a marketing company and you're pretty good pals with one of your clients. There's no reason you you can't actually, once you discover they use Instagram, take a video of the team working on something. Hey, we're just working on this. Was thinking of you, you know, how's it going? That's a really small way. That's actually pretty low stakes that you can take inside air quotes of video, but you can start to practice those principles of how am I going to look presentable on camera? What's the point of this? Who is it going towards? What's the messaging? Mm -hmm. And you might not realize that you're starting to bake all those things into your thinking. But once you start to try and communicate with people in a visual and digital sense, it starts to sort of snowball from there. So again, I would tell anybody who's thinking about it, just start with the next time, you know, you are hanging out with a friend, uh, take an Instagram video, you know, and, and think about uh, this avenue. I'm with a buddy. I'm taking a video. I'm sending it to my other friend about, oh, we're hanging out. We miss you. 
you can use that in a professional context. Mm-hmm. People are scared to jump into that, but you can Marco Polo your clients. You can say, hey, here's what we're <laughs> working on. I've got a couple questions. Um, if you've ever been on a FaceTime call, you can jump on Facebook. You can say, here's some stuff going on. Here's mm-hmm. what's up with, you know, we're going to take some questions. Um, and I think there are all kinds of avenues where you can start to, again, communicate with that visual and digital mm-hmm. version of yourself that's going to go so far. And I would say once you've started that, once you've started to get some of that, that means you're practicing the messaging and it snowballs from there. You're going to start to discover as you look into tools like, okay, I can use iMovie on my phone or Premiere Rush on my phone. I could use Adobe Spark Video as a free desktop video editor or most people have iMovie. If you've got a Mac, you've got iMovie. Mm-hmm. Once you've started to think that way, you're going to realize that there are a lot of opportunities for you to start to tell your story with video if you've never started. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a great place to start. So one of the things that I appreciate that you mentioned is you've said it a couple of times is just talking about sort of the, the authentic nature of video. Now it's something that I have noticed and, and I've seen other people talking a lot about is just, um, highly polished and highly produced video has its place, but it's losing its place a little bit in certain channels because people, I don't know if it's the pandemic or just our generate, like where we're at generationally, um, I think it's probably both, uh, people just want to see another person in their genuine, authentic state. Even like you're saying, like, even if you're at home in your home office, things are loud in the background, something funny happens that, you know, a kid runs in with their pants off, like that kind of stuff. Um, although you probably shouldn't put that out to public, but anyways, <laughs> you get what I'm saying. Those, those like very human moments, I think people want to see that in video now. So it's been interesting to see that shift from a marketing perspective of you would think some, in a lot of cases, the opposite is true. Most of the time where the more professional and polished it is, the better it will be. But in some situations, that's not true. Um, actually sometimes the, 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 the less it can be that way, the more it can just be you talking, the more it will land with people. Um, Absolutely. So that's been something interesting. And then another thing that I wanted to hit on is, is you mentioned sort of external versus internal. There are a lot of, uh, you know, maybe you can speak a little bit more to that. Cause I think sometimes people forget when they think of video, a lot of times I think they're thinking marketing channels, they're thinking social, um, or their website. What can I put out to the world, to the general public or my customers? but they forget about the power of video internally. So could you maybe talk to that a little bit more? Like how can you utilize video in an internal sense for a company? Absolutely. So I'll give you a really specific example that I've used in my life. I've got a small group of, uh, I'll call them professional friends. It's more like they're all professionals and we're all friends. (laughs) So they're people I really respect and and I love the work that they do, but we sort of became friends outside of work and we all have ended up near the creative world. And something I didn't realize is how much I value just running into them at a coffee shop and chatting for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's so many people in my life, but there was just this small group of people that once the pandemic hit, we, after a month, I realized I haven't actually run into a couple people in a long time. Um, And there's so many people I want to keep up with, but it was this group of like, five or six people that we had actually spent some time together, like board game nights and, and stuff like that. And I said, hey, I know this is technically networking, but I really just want to see you guys. Can we do a Zoom call? And what I started doing is each week I would build for them a web page that was private, it's unlisted, you couldn't find it on the internet. And sometimes I'd attach a video to it of things I was thinking about, ways I was, you know, um, 
interested in their lives, stuff I wanted to hear about from them. And I would send this webpage out to, I want to say each time it would get like five or six views. Um, I forget how many people are actually in this. It's like a Slack channel of a couple people. Mm -hmm. And I realized during that period that there are so many times as marketers, we think if I'm going to make something, it has to be in a place where it could go viral. Like that is a tiny gear in the back of all of our brains. It's like, well, it needs to be capable of being reshared. Mm-hmm. It has to be at the end of the day, applicable to new, a new audience and to new people who might not have seen it before. But something I discovered is that that can water down your message. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you do just want to say, Hey, like Jeff did, a great job on sales this month and I just wanted to congratulate him publicly to these five people because he's employee of the month yay mm-hmm. and that you know sure that message could go far in a, in a wide context but if you just made a little web page with a video about Jeff saying hey thanks and you sent it to that sales team and said hey we just want to congratulate this person you know give him a pat on the back when you see him that goes so much farther when you're using these tools to talk to people internally mm-hmm. and so um I have really discovered that there are all of these ways where I actually love creating in a way that a lot of people aren't going to get to see it. I think once you do that, it brings it back to message. I think once mm. you do that, it brings it back to why is this even a thing? Because the goal isn't to become famous. The goal isn't to become, you know, a viral sensation, which again, <laughs> that's not going to happen tomorrow to pretty much anybody listening to this. Mm-hmm. But it, again, I think it's in the back of our minds. Like, how do we do the next biggest, greatest thing for everybody? And that can water down your message because maybe it is just for a couple people. So what I would yeah. encourage people to do is, as you're thinking about who is this for, if it's just for a couple of people, maybe make a video and text it to them. It, it feels insane to say that, but I've started doing this this past year where I'll put a lot of time and energy into something instead of uploading it to YouTube where it's like, well, maybe a lot of people could see this someday. Mm-hmm. I've literally just texted it to my sibling group chat. And I've made like these memes that are like, I'll re-edit videos and send them just to <laughs> literally my four siblings and say, ha ha, look at this thing. And what I'm discovering is that creating for small audiences means that the content goes farther because they know it's just for them. Yeah. So I would encourage Listen. people to think about that. Yeah. Is your message just for a few people? If so, like put a password on it, make it just for those few people. Yeah. It's exclusive and it's personal, which yeah carries a lot of weight with it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, because I was even thinking just specifically in the pandemic, like if you're in more of a leadership position, the power of, hey, you maybe instead of sending that that quick email that is very important, you could be communicating something very important. Why not shoot a 20-second video that says the same thing and then send it through the same channels or you know whatever channel you choose? But um, why not convert the way that you say it to something that, is actually your face, actually your voice, you know? So I think there's a lot of like what you were getting at. There's so many, and I'm speaking to myself here. There's, there's so many applications where video could be used and it would be so much more well-received, powerful, motivating, what you name it, whatever it is. But we, for some reason, count it out. Just don't think about it. Or we just think can it's convenience thing too. I'm so used to typing. I'm always at my computer. So I'm already typing. I'll just shoot that email because it's going to take 15 seconds. But did it communicate with the same heart that it would have if I had sent a video? Probably not. So um, so love that. Think, uh, think that's really helpful for, for everyone to think about, for, you know, me included. Um, so let's, let's try to land this plane a little bit. Um, when, when is the time to make a video? Like a company, okay, I'm starting to think about how to do it, what my content is, when, when do I make videos? 
Absolutely. So I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of try and give you a, a really relatable hook. There's something I think everybody has experienced, which is you're typing an email and you think to yourself, ah, this would be so much easier as a phone call. Mm. I think everyone's had that moment where you're trying to get all these details out or a text. This happens all the time, a text. And I'm like, you know, what? let me just call them. Mm-hmm. Um, I recognize I'm taking a little bit more time out of their day, but it's just going to be easier if I just do that. If you can sort of think about that feeling as a communicator, as a person in marketing or advertising, if you can take that and sort of copy paste that mental hook of, you know what, this needs to be a little bit more than just a text to social media, to email, to email blasts, all of those ways that you communicate with people. Mm-hmm. That feeling of, we're trying to say a lot here, or this is a little complicated, or this is pretty exciting, and I don't just want to send a text because I want to call the person and hear their reaction. That feeling of, this is more than just a couple words, that's where you should start to say, maybe a video works. Mm. Um, again, the the answer is not always going to be yes. I think there are going to be a lot of times you're going to go, no, it's, you know, name your other marketing channel that you know right you've talked about on this podcast that people should be utilizing but if you're doing you know sort of some sort of some sort of announcement about your company and you're saying this thing is coming and you're starting to realize oh there's actually a lot of details here and it's a big deal pick up the camera you know grab your phone and think about that that i think is the easiest way to start to gauge if something should be a video is once you start to realize there's a lot of emotion or there are a lot of details Mm -hmm. or there's a lot of grandeur to the item that text just doesn't quite convey yeah yeah and i like that because it's it's not even just thinking on a person-to-person level i mean that's very important but it's also thinking product to people right there are situations where sure an image of your product with a caption or whatever or links you name it would land well sure go for it but there are plenty of instances and we all know this intuitively from just being marketed to where video is going to be so much more powerful as a medium to communicate a product or a service or even just an experience to the the end user, to the consumer. And so it's those things, like you're saying, to translate it from, you were speaking a little bit more to like directly people to people, um, also from company product to consumer of thinking, um, there's a time and a place for text. There's a time and a place for, Im- you know, imagery, pictures, slides, whatever it is. And then there's a definitely a time and a place for a video. So it's, I think it's just being more aware of that. And like you said, when you get that feeling, when you're making that image and you're like, I feel like there could be so much more with this if we did something else. Well, maybe that's when, when video enters the scene. So. Absolutely. I mean, there. I think some of those moments are like, you're trying to say what your company is about and you realize that that's so much more than just a page on your website, like make a video about it. Mm-hmm. You're adjusting your focus as a business because, okay, well these, you know, again, we're all living in a changing environment. All right. There are some updated things to how we do business. Make a video to talk about it. Cause that's a big deal. Okay. You're releasing a product. You're having an event. There's a big thing going on. It's a big deal. Make a video. Mm-hmm. So I think there are all of these environments where we're just sort of, you know, checking off the boxes, going through the motions, going, I've got this big thing happening. And if you can dial back and when it's a a big message or an important message, you know, I think that's a really great time to ask yourself, should we put the extra time, effort, or maybe even money into communicating Mm -hmm. this through video? Yeah. So real quickly, right at the end here, because, and I want to ask this, not, not for a selfish reason, but because I think it might be something that pops up in people's brains as they consider this, especially from a company standpoint of 
sure, there's a lot of things that I can do on my own. I can pick up a camera, I can pick up a phone, and I can start shooting video internally, whether it's for an external or internal use. But when do I hit that threshold when I need to start thinking up outside of myself of either I start hiring people that are professionals are in this are, are professionals in this or I start hiring an outside agency to take over video work for me like what how do you feel out that threshold absolutely so I think there are a couple things you're going to be able to uh, I think there are a couple items that everybody wants to accomplish, but on your own, you can really only get one or two done. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to video, I think it's quality, quantity, and clarity. So I think when you're first starting out in video, it's like, well, you know what? I can spend a lot of time on this video workshopping the messaging to make it really clear. And with that time, I can probably make it look pretty good. You know, I'm going to spend a little extra time, you know, buying some lights or whatever. Yeah. But you're just not going to have the time professionally to do that many. Mm -hmm. Or you might go, you know what? I got to get a lot of information out there. So I'm going to be doing lots of like Facebook lives or whatever. And I'm going to spend all my time focusing on the messaging and like the quality is just not going to be there. Or maybe you are in a business where it's like, we just need to get a lot out there. We are going to try and make it look really good, but we don't have a ton of time to really like work on our messaging and really like write something that has impact. And we wish we could spend more time on that than thinking about quantity or quality. Yeah. I would say start figuring out what you think is important in video and maybe you can get one of those three things done quantity quality or clarity maybe even two but i think anybody who's worked professionally in marketing is going to discover very quickly to actually hit those goals you're just going to need a team mm -hmm. whether that's uh internally if you have the need to actually hire a video person or to hire a social media person who has that as part of their skill set or you're going to discover you know what once a year, we really should be doing a recap video of all of the great stuff our nonprofit has accomplished. Let's just pay somebody. Let's just bake that into the budget. It's $5,000. Let's get that done. Mm -hmm. Or, what you know, insert dollar amount here, whatever you need to sort of make happen. So I would say, a, a pr I, I think you're going to discover pretty quickly what your threshold is for getting it done. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think the, the important thing is to say, I can really only get one of these three to happen. So for me, professionally, we don't have a video crew at Transpo and we don't outsource very frequently. So really, I focus on clarity and then quality. I just don't get a lot of videos done because of the nature of uh, trying to be part of a transportation organization right. in the middle of a pandemic. You have a lot of other responsibilities going on too. A couple other things I'm figuring out right now. But... About uh, two times a year, we have some kind of product launch or we have, uh, I say product launch, um, we've done different ridership programs you know, we partnered with different things. Right, right, right. But I, I think to myself, okay, I'm going to spend a good amount of time and make something that communicates all the details and is really good. I just don't actually have the time to do that that much. And I think as a professional, you're going to discover very quickly, once you've started in this, first off, don't, you know, kill yourself trying to get all three done. Mm -hmm. just test it out uh, maybe it's just pretty clear and pretty good or maybe you get a couple a couple done you know a month but you just can't up the quality that much um, and once you realize it's working for you and you want to get all three that's when you need to bring somebody in and say okay this has to be done on a quick timeline it has to be pretty good and it has to be very clear in the messaging let's just spend the time to bring in somebody external yeah yeah. Well, I, you've given us so much to think about and I, I really hope if you're listening in just, um, I hope there's a lot here for you to chew on just as far as the importance of video, how it fits in, where you put it, when you should think about picking up the camera. And then lastly, what you like, when should you think about bringing someone else in? I think all of that is really important to, to think about, but at the end of the day, 
video is a should be a part of what you're doing like like you said it already is you've already experienced a video you've done it so it should be a part of what your company is doing um it, it is such a viable and powerful channel and medium to communicate through so if you're serious with growing your company and and impacting the community with the goods and services that you have then video is something that you should be doing so hope this uh hope this show has been helpful this conversation with zach has been helpful for you all to consider thanks zach for being on the show with us today absolutely uh it's been a blast and so um yeah so thanks for joining us for the big brand theory podcast uh, it's been just a lot of fun going through this conversation with zach um if you would want to get connected to zach um he is pretty active on a lot of social media channels um you can find him on instagram and twitter um his handle is at zachary t nelson which is z-a-c-h-a-r-y-t N-E-L-S-O-N. So go find him, connect with him. If you have a question, uh, shoot it his way. I'm sure he would love to help you, you know, answer a question. um, And and that would be great. So, um, all right. Well, thanks for joining us today. Uh, If you would want to subscribe and follow, you're always welcome to do that. Big Brand Theory Podcast. We'd love to have you for more episodes to hear just more great conversations from guests on, on all things marketing, branding, sales, all the good stuff. So, all right. You all stay toasty. 